lose my mic hello <laughs> was it on the whole time i don't know i'm not sure <laughs> oh man welcome to the felt recall podcast i think it was on and i just couldn't hear myself because i pressed this button over here and that makes it where i can only hear the music yeah okay <laughs> i'm reminded of this time welcome welcome to the program Episode number 132, and then I'll tell this story. My name's Chris. Across from me, it's Patrick. How are you, sir? I'm doing pretty good, and you? On fire. You're on fire. You were right on time with your name and who you were. I'm excited. This show's going to go well this week. It's going to be good. It's going to be great. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We have a housekeeping thing to get to. We're going to talk about what sugar is and where it's made. I'll tell you why. (laughs) And then we're going to talk about what happened in Tacoma, Washington. Uh, Kind of an I told you so moment, which, by the way, the mayor in Tacoma had the greatest reply, whether she intended to or not, to any police use of force involving a vehicle against pedestrians that I've ever seen. Not pedestrians, violent extremists. Sorry. That's we, the term We might now. need something counter to a vote of the week. For her? Yeah. Einstein of the week? I feel like that's too on the nose. Okay. Sorry. We'll work through it. I'll get back to you. Okay. Okay. You're going to come back with Hulon of the week. You know, just somebody smart, intelligent, bright, good looking. Mm-hmm. Uh, thanks, like for being, <laughs> thanks for being here. Uh, you can find us. Our home online is FeltRecoilShow.com. FeltRecoilShow.com. We're here every Tuesday with brand new episodes about everything happening around the world. Um, okay. Charity of Choice. Charity of Choice is up on our Facebook page. If you visit our website, you can click over and see about Lexington Rescue Run. I'm going to go down and trot my way through that. My entire family should be going. Um, we're trying to work up to it. Uh, we're going to go down and support LexingtonRescueRun.com. That is a 5K being run March 13th in Columbia, South Carolina. They are raising money for Operation Underground Railroad. And you know all about them if you've ever heard an episode of this program before. If you have not, Operation Underground Railroad exists to end modern-day slavery. More specifically, they rescue children from sex trafficking. There are currently an estimated 2 million kids involved in sex trafficking around the world. They have been forced into this slavery. They are exploited. They are brutalized. And we can help get them out of it by helping Operation Underground Railroad. Uh, Every operation costs about $60,000. The last time I heard, about sixty grand. And uh, they average getting two to three kids each operation, I would say. Uh, and that's just me making that up because I followed them. That's not their number. That's just me telling you. You always hear about a couple of kids uh, getting out of there. And they don't just rescue the children. They, um, they rehabilitate education, empowerment, everything they need. Uh, and especially through the arts, they're real big on helping the uh, people who are rescued get into the arts. They sell crafts and paintings that the survivors make themselves a lot of good stuff. But anyway, if you will, please go over our Facebook page, learn more about Lexington rescue run. And if you'd like to get out and breathe the fresh air, come on, we'll be out there as well. Okay. Um, housekeeping real quick. 
real quick. So we're doing this. I hate doing this kind of stuff. I really do. I feel like this is our version of breaking the fourth wall. I want you to come here every week and feel like you're just listening to a couple of buddies have a conversation. And sometimes we bring people much cooler than us in on the conversation. Uh, but we have to kind of pull the curtain back a little bit today and just tell you something for the sake of you not missing anything. Okay. And this only applies, by the way. I think it would only apply, but it doesn't matter. I'll say it to everybody. Whatever podcasting service you're using, here's what happened. We have had to change the service provider for our podcast, if you want to think of it that way, or the hosting service, okay? So we had a hosting service. Uh, we were paying them, and that's okay. We didn't mind doing that. We've done that for a few years now, but we were paying them a monthly fee. And then we were given the opportunity to switch platforms for free and get paid. So that's a no-brainer. So there's a no-fee website that you've heard a commercial for at the top of this where you can make your own podcast. It's anchor.com, Anchor FM. Anchor is owned by Spotify, and we had to redirect our feed. So there is a chance that the old podcast feed will go away. If you don't subscribe to the new feed, it's not going away today or tomorrow or next week. We're going to let it live for a few more months, but then it will eventually go away. But there is a chance if you don't switch over and subscribe, you won't hear the podcast anymore. So do yourself a favor. Wherever you get your podcasts, go there and look at the Felt Recall podcast. Just search for it. Search Felt Recall. Don't look at the one you've already got. Search Felt Recall you will likely see two options. And one of those options will have a logo in the top right corner that looks like a Wi-Fi signal. Patrick said earlier, it's very reminiscent of the Spotify logo. You want to be subscribed to the podcast with that logo, okay? You'll still see our logo, but in the top right corner right next to it is a little meter looking thing. And that is telling you that's the anchor version of the podcast. And that's where you need to be signed up to get your podcast every week. The other one will be going away eventually. Clear as mud? I think so. I think so. Maybe. All right. There you go. Okay. Charity choice. Housekeeping. Sugar. Every week, whether you know this or not, when I put my kids to bed, my oldest son will usually give me a topic for the podcast. He'll usually say, Dad, you haven't figured out yet what you're going to talk about. I got an idea for you. And I say... Lay it on me. And sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's Does he know this better. is not a Star Wars podcast? Uh, no. See, now, how do you explain that? Like, try explaining to a kid what podcasting is with a with no format, right? Like, what's our format? What would you say? We, we just talk about whatever's happening in the world. I think you would have to explain it to him as not Star Wars. Not Star Wars. Well, the, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. The point being, um, think about it. It is interesting to think. Kids, you know. Okay, fine, Chris. We'll talk about Star Wars. God. Kids have no perspective, right? Like, they don't know what's what. For instance, when you tell them you're going to hop in the shower, they literally, the only thing they can think is, dad's going to go literally hop into the shower. So they just think you're being stupid. Don't be goofy, dad. You're not going to hop in the shower. That's just an expression. Um, But it's also kind of why you have to tiptoe with them a little bit. So when you say to a kid, who asks you, what's your podcast about? Well, it's just about whatever's going on in the world. Well, what goes on in a kid's world every day? 
Really think about that because they don't know. We don't keep the news on in our house. All right. That's kind of a rule um, because it's so toxic and we don't really care about celebrities in our house. So they don't get any of that. They don't know who famous people are. They know YouTubers, but they don't know like the traditional TV personality stuff. They don't know really rock stars or anything like that. So I have tried to say, well, we just talk about That's why they get excited when I come the over. News. That's I'm right. I'm the only one they know. That's right. Got it. You don't want to know what they know about you either. Uh-oh. I've made it all up. It's been a really good time. There's a story about you in this house. Anyway, they still can't believe you burned down that. They can't believe you burned down that cat orphanage, but that's a story for another time. Um, so he says to me tonight, wait till they hear the truth. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Then I got the bush hog out, buried them all. Um, so when you say to a kid, we just talk about whatever's going on in the world. A kid thinks, well, what's gone through my brain lately? And so he says to me tonight, if you don't have anything to talk about yet, you should talk about sugar. What sugar is and where it comes from. Okay. I'll tell you why we're talking about that. Because that little guy has started flirting with soda. Ah. Now, I'm not a soda guy, right? Really, ever. Like, a cake, like if some people have cakes on holiday. I have cake every day. Okay. <laughs> it's the sodas that I have on holidays. Like, when we end up at my parents' house, and there's root beers and all that everywhere, I'll, I'm like, oh, yeah, man, you know. Occasionally, a Sprite. If I eat out, maybe I'll drink a Sprite. But 90% of the time, it's water. So... He's gotten into the sodas. Yeah, you already said Sprite. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's gotten into the sodas, and I've had to explain to him the difference between what I call good sugars and bad sugars, okay? Which I, in turn, as he mentioned today, to talk about sugar, learned apparently there's no such thing. Hmm. But I always heard there were. I always heard there was too. Meaning I'll let them drink Tang, okay? We do Orange Tang. We do Gatorades. They're practicing to be astronauts. Absolutely right. Okay. Um, or because the Olympic trainer I once rode bike with, uh, he actually drank Tang, and I was like, well, snap. If it's good enough for him, it's good enough for me. I thought... I didn't know Tang was even still a thing. It is, and the Olympians actually utilize it. Um, not a joke. And I thought, because the guy that introduced me to it was in such good shape, that that was the trick. Ah, yes. As it turns out. I can see where that might be a little misleading. Not so much. Yep. Not so much. So I'm I... sure that was quite the shock to find out. It Even more shocking when I showed up and called him a liar to his face. Mm. And he tried to act like he didn't understand what I was talking about. <laughs> all right, anyway. All this is to say, um, I wanted you to know that I didn't know some interesting facts about sugar. Sugar, by the way is made up of glucose and fructose, okay? It's extracted from, did you know this, sugar cane or the sugar beet. Did you know the sugar beet was a thing? No. I didn't know the sugar beet was a thing. I don't even know what that is. It's a root crop grown in temperate parts of the world, like Europe, the United States, Canada, and China. So there, that's what you need to know. And then if you ask um, making... Making sense of sugar.com. What is sugar? They say it's a natural ingredient. It's always been a part of the human diet. Some sugars are found naturally in foods, and the body, this is what got me, 
does not distinguish between sugars used in food and drink, manufacturing, or in the home, and those found naturally in fruits and vegetables. The difference is the rate of which sucrose is absorbed and can vary depending on the source. Bam. Now you know. All right. It's a whole lot of nothing. But it- yeah, I thought the, I thought the body uh, absorbed sugar differently when it was in liquids rather than in food. I think it so does. Maybe that's yeah. what they're talking about there. The rate of absorption changes depending on if it's solid or liquid. Yeah. All those moms screaming about high fructose corn syrup. Oh, that's different. Dang. Okay. All right. Anyway, that's that. So, uh, everything you need to know about sugar. And that is the episode for this week. We'll see you next time. I am our own Voda for that whole segment. Uh, we've had our first week of Biden. We're going to touch on that. His 30 executive actions he's taken in just his first three days. Good for him. Uh, The Tacoma, Washington Police Department and their mayor. And then our vote of the week is a good one. A real good one. A real good one. Probably close to the best one yet. I can't remember a vote. Well, Joe Biden was pretty good last week for calling himself stupid. Yeah. But this one's pretty good for getting yourself deported from an Indonesian paradise called Bali. That's a whole different special kind of stupid. Before we go much further, the Dow is down a thousand points. <laughs> what? Things are going splendidly. How could that have happened? I know you're excited. Uh, Biden has cost thousands of jobs with the stroke of a pen. Uh, oil workers and welders are very unhappy. The unions, some unions, if they're not Chinese unions, are probably a bit nervous. Uh, the man is a wrecking ball, and he's, there, there's some mad Canadians. That's true. And you, you don't know how bad you've messed up until you've pissed off Canadians. <laughs> you make a Canadian mad in the first place. I thought their whole reputation is supposed to be, you know, they're so laid back and they love everybody, unless you know you're conservative. Well, uh, she snatched two billion dollars out of their economy. Good grief, man! Yeah, so he's a wrecking ball, and we know hard times are ahead of us. He's even said the darkest days are ahead of us with COVID-19. Obviously, we now know he has no plan for COVID-19. He has nothing, nothing, nothing. So you need to prepare. Go to feltrecoilshow.com slash mypatriotsupply. Feltrecoilshow.com slash mypatriotsupply. We have some special links there. It'll take you over to some specials that My Patriot Supply is having on long-term food storage. Uh, they have delicious meals, fruits, vegetables, and coffee that'll last you up to three decades when stored in a cool, dry place inside your house. So you just pick whatever your indoor storage closet is, pack a couple of containers in there, and you're set. Um, I can tell you, we have plenty of food to feed our family in our own home, and it just takes up the space in the back of the closet that is underneath the stairs. Great. Now the thieves know. Anyway, uh, that's how we handle it. It doesn't take up a lot of space. You're not going to have to move things around in your garage. You can get it inside your house, inside of a closet. You'll never notice it's there uh, until you need it. And I'll tell you what. (laughs) If you're in a business like ours, you just might. So, feltrecoilshow.com slash mypatriotsupply. I say that because uh, Biden's going after the guns. And let me just throw a word of caution. Let me throw a word of caution to all my friends. Tulsi Gabbard is a just a snake in the woodpile. I don't know what's going on with people I, I truly respect that are now, like, I have so many friends 
on Facebook, suddenly on this train, as if Tulsi Gabbard is some sort of conservative messiah come to just split the difference right down the middle and let everybody be happy. Well, you know where this is coming from, right? No, no, I don't. So with this advent of this new social media censorship that we've now um, come to know and love, Mm -hmm. Tulsi went on a little media frenzy where she essentially said um, that what they were doing was wrong. Right. So now you have people who are, I would say, pretty staunch conservatives looking at her thinking, well, here's a, a voice on the Democrat side. It's a voice of reason. Yeah. So we can rally around someone like that. All the while, they're not paying attention to anything else that she talks about. Yeah. Coupled with the fact that she was basically boxed out of uh, the Democrat primaries by the DNC. Right. By design. Yeah, it was Biden's time, not hers. Exactly. And not only that, she was, what little bit of media attention she did get, she was playing the moderate. Yeah. So that's all anyone really knows of her. Very Obama-esque. Very Obama-esque. Just say a lot of nice things and hope nobody digs deep. Yeah, and I I think she took that playbook right out of the, the Obama playbook, honestly. Yeah, a lot of people have. Jamie Harrison's another great example. Just sure. fluff it, fluff it, fluff it. You know, what was his thing? Uh, in times of crisis, character counts, I think is what he used to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, empty suit, empty rhetoric. And she is certainly a radical leftist who is unapologetic in her mission to just shred the Second Amendment. She'll tell you she's pro-Second Amendment, but so does everybody else. Everybody says they're pro-Second Amendment. So let's take a, a just a quick detour from the rundown and talk about the Second Amendment in Tulsi Gabbard and remind you that the Second Amendment isn't for hunting. The Second Amendment is not for target shooting. Uh, the Second Amendment is not for semi-automatic only. The Second Amendment is for free people to keep tyrannical governments in check. And the minute, and remember this, the founders of this country possessed the same weaponry that the government's army they resisted used makes sense so they had it and they used it against that army you'll never be able to fight back against tyranny if they outgun you it's just common sense right so the second amendment wasn't written from the perspective of well maybe the deers will grow adamantium claws and come after us or you know whatever it was written literally by a group of people who had just shot a bunch of tyrants for a list of grievances That they said, okay, we're going to peacefully detach ourselves from you. Here's our Declaration of Independence. We'll form our own government. Leave us be. And then that government came and said, eh, we're not going to let you do that. And then our founders said, well, we're going to do it. And they said, we're not going to let you. And then, obviously, folklore a little bit, um, myth and legend, if you will. But we have the shot heard around the world. Okay? And we know (laughs) that those redcoats shot our people who were out there just peacefully protesting the death of George Floyd. I think that's right. And our people took up arms. And watching CNN again. I think something like that. Took Maybe it was an illegal street race. I can't remember how it started. They took up arms, and they killed them. And they killed them in such a violent manner that those people didn't want to come back. Okay? And they said, all right, fine. And then we told them, by the way, uh, 
in peace friends and in war enemies. Like that is a thing we believe in here, right? That is why the Second Amendment exists. Ergo, you cannot give an inch on the Second Amendment. Not for bump stocks under Trump. Not for suppressors under Trump. Okay? Not for binary triggers. Not for 80% lowers. Not for pistol braces. On and on the list goes of the things the government has tried to say we the people should not be allowed to own. Simply, let this sink in. Simply because we are the people. What is that outside of oppression? And subjugation to a higher authority. What is it? Nothing. It is tyranny. Every bit of it. So, that much said, I hope you're fired up. Because Tulsi Gabbard is a co-sponsor to House Resolution 1745. Which, in summary, according to Congress.gov, this isn't The Blaze, this isn't Fox News, this isn't Breitbart. This is the congressional website run by the Congress. Congress.gov, H.R. 1745, introduced... On April 13th, 2015, she is a co-sponsor. The summary of the bill states that the bill will amend the IRS code to allow an individual taxpayer to elect a tax credit of $2,000 for surrendering a specified assault weapon as defined by this act as part of a public safety program to reduce the number of privately owned weapons. A public safety program to reduce the number of privately owned weapons. Tulsi Gabbard believes in that. The text of the bill, you don't have to read far. We're just going to read the first part. Section 1, short title. This act may be cited as the Support Assault Firearms Elimination and Reduction for Our Streets Act. Safe Act. Safer Streets Act. Act, Support, Assault, Firearms, Elimination, and Reduction. Okay. So, so mm-hmm. I heard what you said. Yes. But what I also heard was, I could go and buy as many Smith & Wesson M&P 1522s as humanly possible. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. For about 600 bucks a piece. Yes, sir. And then turn them in for two thousand dollars. Um, is is that? I haven't read the full thing. I'm gonna suppose there's a limit. I'm gonna bet they gonna well, they're gonna does it do they're gonna limit you to one. Come on, you know what it does. I'm I know try- what it does. I'm trying to help make my community safe, Chris, by turning these things in. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like profit. Right. It's a it's a federal registration of people they're going to go after. Sure. Right? Because what more information does the government have on you than your tax returns? It's got everything. Your address, your social security number, bank account information, all of it. Yeah, but see, then I would play the angle of, sorry, guys, I already gave them all to you. All Good point. 75 of my Smith & Wesson 1522s. Yeah. So the specified assault weapon, by the way, means any of the following. AK, and this is how they write it out. AK, AKM, AKS, AK-47, AK-74, ARM, uh, MAC-90. Uh, is it MISER, M-I-S-R? NHM-90, NHM-91. They're just making stuff up. Yeah. SA-85, SA-93, VEPR, AR-10, AR-15, Bushmaster XM-15, Armalite M-15, or Olympic Arms PCR, AR-70, Calico Liberty, Dragonov, SVD, Fabrique Nationale, FALs, LARs, or FNCs, High Point Carbine, HK91, 93, 94, or HK PSG1, 
Keltec sub rifle, M1 carbine. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Uh, Saegas, uh, SAR 8, SAR 4800, SKS. It goes on and on. Tavor, Thompson 1927s, Mini 14s from Ruger, um, Calico M110s. Man, if you're giving up uh, street sweepers, if you're giving up a Mini 14, you're doing yourself a favor. A semi automatic rifle. Here's what a uh, assault weapon is, by the way. Semi automatic rifle that has an ability to accept a detachable magazine and that has a folding or telescoping stock a threaded barrel, a pistol grip, a forward grip, or a barrel shroud. So basically, all modern semi-automatic rifles are going to fall into that. Um, and it goes on and on. But anyway, I'm seeing a lot of people jump on this Tulsi train, man. I'm seeing them jump on the Tulsi train. Stay off that train because it is headed straight to hell. She is a tyrant, a tyrant, a tyrant. Anyone who thinks, anyone who thinks that people should be subjugated on what they can own or I should say, subjugated to a lower class, which, by the way, I think goes hand in hand with the things they're allowed to own simply because they're the people and not some sort of agent of the government, i.e. law enforcement or military. Those are those are tyrants. Those are tyrants. And I, by the way, if you know me in my personal life, I take the same issue with cops who are allowed to purchase weapons in their districts or uh, precincts, I guess, whatever you want to call it, um, in which the people are not allowed to own those weapons. The police officers in New York and Chicago and Maryland and New Jersey and on and on should only be allowed to be armed with what the people who live there are allowed to be armed with as well. They should live under the same restrictions. But Chris, that endangers police officers' lives. Exactly. Like, not for the sake of endangering them, but it proves the point that people's lives are endangered by being so heavily restricted. Make Let them be free to protect themselves. Didn't... It's a little off subject from your rant there. Sorry. Didn't the Constitution allow for privately owned warships as well? Sure. <laughs> I think it did. I'm no scholar, but I'm just saying it'd be nice to have, you know, I have a ship with 20 cannons I th- on the side. I think the Constitution is very, very clear and concise. That the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. That, that the militia was necessary to uh, protect the people and to protect the land. And therefore, because everybody is the militia, all of us, the people cannot be infringed upon when it comes time to I'm to only poking weapons. fun at you. Because I know. You know, you know, you know the I'm, argument's going to be, I, well, you know, you can't have a tank. You should be allowed to if you could afford it. Sure. Bingo. Yeah. That's where I was going with it. Yeah. I mean... I have no problem with people having tanks. It's because you don't, it's because we're, we all, we don't, nobody trusts everybody else that much, but that is the great experiment you're living in. Sorry to say safety is not freedom and freedom is not comfortable. And that's just the way it goes. It's just like, it's exactly what we've seen with parlor over the last couple of weeks. It makes you uncomfortable for other people to say things you don't agree with. And the easiest thing to do is just shut them down. It makes you uncomfortable for your neighbor that you don't know very well to possibly have a dozen firearms in his closet and thousands of rounds of ammunition. But it's his right to do so. As a free, breathing human being, that person has the right to do it. They lose that right, we've agreed upon as a society, when they act against society. That is something that person has agreed to live with by residing in the United States. It's something I agree to live with as well. 
if you go out and you break certain rules, you those certain rights can be chilled. Okay? Sure. It should work that way. Yeah, that's how it should but, work. But it's not. <laughs> we're, we're starting to see, uh, what's, what's the, the speed skater guy that broke into the Capitol and they let him go? Oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Wasn't that Apollo kid, was it? <laughs> no. What was his name? He was like in everything with his little soul patch. Yeah. I have a personality. No, you don't. You have a soul patch. Aww. It wasn't him. <laughs> Scott Hamilton. Different kind of skating. Oh, okay. But yeah, that would have been awesome. Yeah. I'm just saying, you've got uh, lefties out there that the FBI questions and then just releases or doesn't arrest. So he was a leftist. He was a speed skater. Yeah, I think he's a gold medalist. What? He's, yeah, he's one of the ones that broke into the Capitol the other day. And he didn't get in trouble for it? Initially, he did not. He went oh, back to Utah no. and was questioned by the FBI. Uh, they may have detained him, but they released him. And then once the media found out, conservative media, I should say, then there was outrage and he was arrested. So he's a guy that broke into the, the Capitol with the uh, CNN reporter. You seen that tape? Uh-huh. Or they, they basically break in and, and then they're celebrating on camera the fact that, that, that they've um, snuck in amongst all the, the Trumpers, the Trumpettes. Uh, so they thought they'd planted themselves like little moles or something? Yeah, yeah. So then they, they, they and the one guy's like, oh, make sure you delete this tape. And he's like, oh, yeah, for sure, bro. And then obviously doesn't delete it because it's out there on the Internet now. Hmm. I really don't know his name. It's not that important. Yeah, I can't find him. My my point is is just that if if the law actually worked and were, were and everyone was equal under the law, then the argument of everyone owning tanks and dozens of guns and thousands of rounds of ammo would would be just fine. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, we don't live in that world. But we should. But we should. Anyway, be careful of Tulsi Gabbard uh, because a, a woman like her is going to be very much on board with what Joe Biden is doing. And he, he is going after firearms. He wants to make it illegal to uh, own assault, what he calls, quote unquote, assault weapons. Um, which, by the way, realistically, I don't have a problem with that. Uh, I own guns uh, to be defensive. Uh, but if uh, you have to use them offensively in a time where some sort of enemy sets up camp across the street from you, then you do what you got to do. You know what I'm saying? They're coming for you and your family. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Um, call it what you want to call it. Anyway, um, so Biden has 30 executive actions in three days that CNN has covered. Um, he hasn't gone after guns yet, but it is on his agenda. He can't take executive action. That's an important thing to think about. These executive actions are directing his departments on how to implement the law, uh, which is why he can say, release all the illegals, because he can now tell ICE, hey, we don't want to detain them anymore. That's not how we're going to interpret the law. We're going to execute the law by uh, granting these people good faith so that they can show up on, on their day of court. Um, he can do things like that, but it's not illegal to own an assault weapon. So he can't stroke his pen and then say, now it is because that's legislation. It's not implementation of existing law. And that's, that's the difference. I hope that makes sense. Right. So it doesn't mean he won't try. He won't. Yeah. He'll try. I'm sure he'll try, but, um, but I he knows he can't. I read an article that said that of the 30 
executive orders that he's already issued. They've all um, had appeals filed and are in federal court now. Good. I mean, Texas is suing him, as they should. Um, but let's run through them. Uh, we're not going to run through all 30. We're going to hit some highlights. Um, he's restored collective bargaining uh, power and worker protections for federal workers. He's laid the foundation for a $15 minimum wage, which will be terrible, terrible for the economy. That will be really, really bad. That will be bad. Um, and I don't think we have to explain why to you. Um, he's gone through, you know, his coronavirus stuff is all fluff. He wants to accelerate manufacturing and delivery of supplies. He wants to direct FEMA to expand reimbursement to states. Uh, he wants to establish a pandemic testing board. He wants to establish a preclinical program to boost development of therapeutics in response to pandemic threats, uh, enhance the nation's collection, production, sharing, and analysis of data. None of this is going to fight the coronavirus, if, if you can even do such a thing. It doesn't help us not get coronavirus. Um, he's asking people to mask up um, for 100 days. He requires masks and physical distancing in federal buildings on federal lands, even though, by the way, he broke his own directive soon after signing it, like an idiot. Um, he, like within a couple hours, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. He's stopped our withdrawal from the Chinese health organization, oh, the World Health Organization, uh, making his friend Dr. Fauci the head of the delegation to the World Health Organization. So uh, his compromised status with China showing through there. Uh, he's created the position of a COVID-19 response coordinator. Uh, his old boss would have called that a czar. Uh, he extends the existing nationwide moratorium on evictions until March 31st. He's extended student loan payment uh, deferment until September the 30th. And on and on it goes. But here's the one. So And, and you know he canceled the XL pipeline. He's rejoined the Paris Climate Accord. He's told them to go back to teaching radical, radical leftist racial ideology uh, that white people are born racist. Um, it's called critical race theory, if you remember. Um, and Trump uh, did the 1776 commission to make sure they weren't teaching critical race theory. And now Biden has undone that. Okay, where is the one on the census? Because that is the one you need to hear the most. This should make blood boil and it's all about the fact if you don't think <laughs> here it is if you don't think the man stole the election I, I think he electioneered in georgia i think he should have been disqualified when he told the people in georgia they'd get two thousand dollar checks if they put ossoff and warnock in office that should be illegal 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 he did it we know he did it it's on tape I mean, impeachment? Come on. Put it on the table. Now, he's got an executive order on the census that now requires non-citizens, listen closely, to be included in the census and get a apportionment of congressional representation. So, they will be included in the census and apportionment of congressional representatives. So now, you have a bunch of illegals move into your neighborhood and the census taker comes around, that counts towards your congressional representation, meaning their family members who are here legally can then go vote in a way that benefits all of them. So all this talk about bailout money or, well, you don't call it bailouts when people get it. What do we call it when we get our own uh, uh, stimulus? stimulus? Stimulus money back. All that garbage 
that everybody will get, even the dead and even the illegals. Just expect people to support that. Expect them to support taking your guns away. Expect them to just support everything they can um, that benefits the people who broke the law to come in and take advantage of us. It's going to be a wonderful four years. I will say, I thought after he made the promise that everyone was going to get $2,000 if those dummies got elected in Georgia. Yes. That the very first thing he would do, like A number one, he steps foot in in the White House and he just points it like an intern and goes, start cutting those checks. That would have been nice. Oddly enough, and I know this is going to strike you. I about to say it didn't happen. It did not happen. Are you serious? Yeah, no. See, I have so much money, I wouldn't even notice. I will tell you this. <laughs> what I what I did notice is yeah. uh, Biden and old Kamala took the weekend off after they got in there. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I saw, some, saw an article that basically said that um, you're going to, again, this, this is going to surprise you. Apparently, their schedules were not full. Hmm. Yeah. It's like hmm. almost like they didn't have anything else to do. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I think the article said that Biden <laughs> essentially had like two meetings. Uh, I guess this would have been Friday. And she had zero. All day, because they public they publish their schedule. It's, oh, I guess it's public record, so you can fact check me on that. Email you, me at patrickidontcare dot com. <laughs> you think old uh, Kalamala Olive goes around the White House now, and when she's like once a, a, you know, she's like sitting at her desk. You think she ever goes? Who you got to sleep with to get a fresh cup of coffee around here? Ha 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 ha! Just kidding, just kidding. But not really though. You think that's a thing she does? She should if she doesn't. She probably does. Everybody would understand I mean, the I joke. Met her. I haven't met her, but I could believe it. Everybody would get it. Yeah. Everybody would get it. Because that's how she got her her first big break. Right. Probably, not, probably not the only break either. <laughs> no, man. That's that's the reason she exists. Just getting boyfriends, sleeping with the right guys. Oh my gosh, her and Biden. Ugh. <laughs> thought about it because I was talking about it. She's way it's too old for him. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I bet he does know what her hair smells like, though. Yes. Oh, you know it. You know it. Fantastic. FeltRecoolShow.com. FeltRecoolShow.com is our home on the internet there. Uh, you can get all sorts of lowdown on the things we're doing. You can find us on our social medias. Keep up with all the articles you hear us mention in this podcast. It'll be right there for you at FeltRecoilShow.com. This is my favorite, favorite quote of the week. The story, we're, we're very good at predicting. You haven't, even, we, we haven't, you haven't even let in yet, and I'm already laughing at it. That's how good it is. Do you remember when we said that the positive part of January 6th is that the world must now agree, not must, now the world has publicly agreed that a violent mob is a deadly threat. Yes. Lest we forget, on this very podcast just seven days ago, I suggested that as unfortunate as it was, the woman who crawled through the barricaded window and was shot in the face made the poor decision that led to that happening. I'm not trying to... 
to blame her in a like derogatory way. But what she did led no, to her own death. Make, yeah, you're just making the point that people are responsible for their own actions. And sometimes those actions lead to really severe consequence, right? The world's media collectively glossed right over the fact that a woman was shot in the face and died. But they did rightfully hone in on the Capitol Police officer who was beaten and killed at the Capitol. Okay? I still haven't read full details about that. Not that they matter too much. But if, if an angry crowd kills a cop, I say open fire. I mean, I say game on. It's a war zone. So I'm confused that just two, two weeks ago, collectively, the left was mourning the loss of a police officer, enraged by the actions of a violent mob, and then now, in Tacoma, Washington, a violent mob surrounds a police car after the police show up to break up an illegal street race that's happening. They begin kicking the car, bashing the windows in. The officers attempt to retreat. They surround a particular officer's SUV. They begin striking the car. And he becomes fearful for his own personal safety. So he does the only thing he can do, and he drives through him. You tell me what else that guy could do that would have protected his own safety. Hundreds of people around him. Hundreds. They say at least 100. CNN says, a Tacoma, Washington officer is under investigation after he drove his vehicle into a crowd. He did not drive it into a crowd. I hate that phrasing. It makes it seem as if he's coming up the road... And then there's all these people, and, and he just plows. Yeah, whatever, man. No, it was parked and stationary. It's a dead stop. They surrounded him. What he drove into was a violent mob who had begun attacking his parked SUV. Anyway, the officer was responding to reports of an incident at the intersection of South 9th and Pacific Avenue in Tacoma at 6 p.m. on Saturday. On the scene, officers found a number of vehicles and approximately, how do you say that word? Approximately 100 people blocking the intersection, which they began to clear for the safety of those gathered. The crowd then surrounded one of the police vehicles and began hitting the vehicle and its windows while its lights and sirens were activated. The officer in the SUV tried to back up, was not able to because of the crowd, and then fearing for his safety, the officer drove forward, striking one individual and may have impacted others while trying to get out of the unsafe position. By the way, CNN put fearing for his safety and unsafe position in quotes. <laughs> As if it's not to be believed just because the police said so. The officer has not been identified in the early statements. Anyway... Here's the quote. This is my favorite. Here's the quote from Tacoma, Washington's mayor, Victoria Woodards. I think that's how you say it. W-O-O-D-A-R-D-S. Tacoma Mayor Victoria Woodards actually said, quote, while we await more information, I want the community, I want the community to know that I am deeply concerned and praying for everyone who was 
impacted by last night's events. <laughs> oh, man. I like playing these games in my head. You're on uh, Woodard's staff. All right, we need a statement. Okay, Mayor. Um, obviously, you're concerned. Obviously, you're praying, right? Like, have you ever prayed before? No. Okay, now you do. Now you do. Um, <laughs> let's say you're praying for everyone who was crushed by what happened last night. No, no, no. Terrible word. That's stupid. Don't say crushed. What are you, a moron? Come up with something better. Impacted? That's it. Thanks, Frank. Impacted. We're going to go with impacted by last night's events. It's not like she got up and just said it. This was in a written statement that somebody hopefully proofread, hopefully more than one person when it's an incident of this caliber. Praying for everyone impacted by last night's events. God bless her. And by the way, God bless that officer. And understand that this is why you raise your children to respect authority and to understand that the police are in charge in a situation like that. And so if you're in a crowd of a bunch of your idiot friends and they decide to make the police mad and surround a police cruiser, you should very, very quickly run away. Don't listen. Don't get in between them and the cops. Don't try and mediate. Run away. Go the other direction and realize You've made terrible decisions in life, and you have really, really poor choices when it comes to friends. But there's no time like the present to undo what you've done wrong and start over. Just give up on those people and go home. Did I miss anything? No, I think that's pretty sound advice, actually. God bless you. I were as a parent, you know this. I'm really, really bad at catastrophizing. I just learned recently that's a thing that people do, and I do. I we've talked about that. this. Okay. It's where, like, I'm the type of person, you you would appreciate this part. Remember the Travis Hayley class? He told the story about the woman? Yep. About keeping your life in perspective. Mm -hmm. So I'll tell it again quickly, but this isn't like a verbatim remembrance of what Travis said. So God forgive me uh, if I butcher it too much. But essentially... Um, this warfighter who has seen more of everything than I would ever wish to see and has done more for his country than I'll ever do. I'm sure of it. Um, an amazing human being, in my opinion. He goes off, he fights a war, and he, in my opinion, and, and I don't want to, like, degrade because of the story, I guess I'll try and be respectful here. Uh, I think he killed a bunch of people that mostly got what was coming to him, right? I think that's fair. He told a particular story about killing a guy who tried to shoot him with an AK. And the short of it is he felt guilty about the kill. So I guess he came back to the States, or maybe he wasn't in the States, but he's basically doing a speaking tour, and he's talking to people, I guess, with the warrior mindset. Who knows? I don't think he told us exactly what his speech entailed, except he did mention that he was kind of self-loathing right he was still working through something i'll never understand how you're even supposed to work through that but he met a woman after one of his speeches and she said you've really helped me shift the way i want to think about things this was great thank you for what you're doing and i i had a tragedy and i've been trying to get through it and um 
and I appreciate you, you know, sharing your story. And he said, well, if you don't mind me asking, what, what was your tragedy? And she said, uh, a certain amount of time ago, um, I was leaving for work. And as I backed out of my driveway, I hit and killed my six-year-old son. And as terrible as that is, means I pray nearly every day. I never have to experience that as a parent. And Travis's point was, somebody's always got it worse than you do, bub. You right. can you can sit around and you can think that your life is bad, that things suck, that it's too hard, you can't get up and do what needs to be done. Remember this woman. Because if I remember correctly, he challenged somebody. Like, has, has anybody ever had to go through something so terrible? Think about that. So then you do, you sit there and you think, oh man, no, absolutely not, right? And as a parent, you can't imagine anything worse. Um, so my point in this is, I've learned recently that I catastrophize in the sense that ever since then, because I had young kids when we were there, they've grown a little bit older in the last five or six years, obviously. No, they stayed the same. Um, and And now every day, I mean, Patrick, every day when I leave, I'm like super cautious. Like I inchworm out of my driveway and, and usually I can see them cause they have to come out and wave as I leave and all that. So it makes me feel so good that that's their habit. But I'm telling you, I panic because I just, that's what I see. So as a parent, I'm that way. And so as a parent, like it is a daily prayer of mine that my kids don't fall into the trap of whatever these kids have fallen into. And I hope, I hope that just being a decent human being to them and setting a decent example as a decent human being is enough to keep them from being a part of the rage mob that goes out to the illegal street race in Tacoma, blocks all the traffic off with 99 of their friends, puts cars in the streets, and then surrounds and attacks a police cruiser. But I also can't help feeling, tell me if you disagree, I don't think you will, the media has some, some complicity in this, right? Like this is Barack Obama and his media telling these kids that the police are the bad guys, they cannot be trusted, and they must be fought at every opportunity. Where else does it come from? Well, I think that's the basis of the mentality of the article, and then you take the article on its face and the way it's worded, where it sounds like this guy just... It almost sounds like um, this was some intentional act where he was frustrated because these people were out in the streets breaking the law. So he just drove through the crowd just to take his vengeance. Yeah. That's the way it sounds to me. If you read it the way it's written. Yeah. So. As if his act was questionable. Like what rational person would ever do this? All of them. Every rational person out there would do it. Right. And because of the way Barack Obama, you know, talked about how the the police acted stupidly Uh in uh in cambridge in cambridge uh you know that's that's landed us into a place where the media feels that it's okay to perpetuate that yeah and that bozo is now a hero not barack but uh henry lewis gates he's now this leftist icon he's in every documentary about american history that the history channel can get him into and nobody knew who he was before then Nobody knew who that man was, but he made himself a martyr by lying to police and being, uh, maybe he didn't lie to him, but he was definitely difficult to deal with. There wasn't a cop on the scene that night that thought that guy did what he, what any responsible, decent person would have done. And he just present identification 
You tell them the situation, whatever the case may be. You're out there prowling around a house. Some, somebody calls. Hey, I don't recognize that guy. Who is he? What do you expect to have happen? And so this dude, who was just a difficult and belligerent person, becomes this icon. And, yeah, I think that's where the seeds were planted, and they germinated over Obama's eight years, and now here we are. Well, now, now you have CNN that essentially can get away with this because the people that are CNN devotees mm-hmm. will happily lap this up. They will take it on its face and they will say, well, obviously the police are ridiculous. They're out of hand. Right. So, so, you know, this cop was crazy. Mm-hmm. He was nuts. You know, there was nothing wrong. He didn't have to do that. Yeah. There, there is, you know, we're in an age uh, where, and maybe maybe this has persisted longer than anybody, or at least I ever really paid any attention to, but there is no real objective journalism anymore. Right. So. Definitely. And not. I don't I don't know how you ever get back to it. I, mean, I remember in high school, or maybe maybe middle school even, uh, where they taught us about the, the yellow journalism mm-hmm. and, and uh, you know, how that was a thing, you know, way back in the, in the day. And, and. Now you think about it and you go, well, did it ever really go away? I mean, it it seems like things are sensationalized or words are twisted to present a narrative. Right. And and no one really cares what the end result is because I think you just made a comment a second ago about planting a seed, plant that seed. Well, the cops are bad. And then we're going to let that sprout, and then we're going to, we're going to write another article about this cop and how he he was you know bad because he had this lapse in judgment, right? And that seed continues to grow and grow and grow. They fulfill their own prophecies on right. purpose, right? sure, yeah, yeah. So it's it's a strange world that we're in that I don't know how you how you crawl back from it. On that end, I don't think you do. I think you got to tear it all down and start over. I think James O'Keefe is doing a good job of that. If people are willing to listen. And maybe that's half the problem. People have to be willing to to really be objective and rational and listen to things they don't always agree with, even just if they're looking for the idiom of truth. So I just think that little bit, a little thing of truth, and if I can find that, maybe I'll connect some dots. Um, I think the people are half the problem. Do you, you know who Eric Weinstein is? Yes. So he's, he's but not... Tell me more. Buddies with Joe Rogan. He's been on his show a bunch of times. His brother, Brett Weinstein, was in a little bit of a kerfuffle a couple years ago in Washington um, where a a mob was trying to track him down and basically murder him because he was a white guy. Nice. Um, These are are like dyed-in-the-wool liberals, uh, both Brett and Eric. The reason I bring up Eric is he has a podcast called The Portal. It's a very interesting podcast um, from someone who is – I would say a different political ideology than myself. Yeah. Um, but he's very intelligent, uh, PhD in mathematics, um, works with Peter Thiel, who's a noted conservative and billionaire entrepreneur mm-hmm. and all that. Um, so he had James O'Keefe on his podcast a while back. And if you haven't listened to it, you should. And the reason I say that is, he gets him on there and he basically says, what you're doing is wrong. How you go about this gotcha journalism is, is just, that is what's wrong with journalism. And I found it so striking and so funny that 
what he didn't like about it, and he doesn't say this, but what he doesn't like about it is, is all the gotcha is at the expense of liberals. Yeah. So, yeah. So he doesn't like the method. And then, and James actually does a really good job of defending himself and, and asking, well, what's wrong with what I'm doing? Mm-hmm. And you can tell that Eric has this initial argument laid out, but he can never get past it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then James actually talks through how he um, sort of has drawn inspiration from other undercover journalism, uh, you know, throughout the past. Uh, but it's it's really interesting because I feel like he's he's like the the last of the uh, yeah. the Knights Templar when it comes <laughs> yeah. to uh, yeah. the the world of journalism. One of the few, you know. It's and it's always hard. I, I think this is right. Uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm wrong to say this, but the other news outlets that are popping up. I think the Epic Times is doing great work. Um, obviously, a lot of people are turning to OAN and Newsmax. A little questionable about those guys sometimes, but anytime you're in a news organization, I feel like you have a conflict of interest when you tell me not to watch the other guys. But when sure. you're when you're an O'Keefe and you're just this blogger, even Andy No would be a great example. Yep. These are just guerrilla journalists who are out there on the ground getting information. I mean, the left hates O'Keefe because Planned Parenthood was his initial target. I think that, I mean, that was the first way I remember discovering him. And if you don't remember the evils of that, try to remember that what Planned Parenthood was doing was meeting with people who were sex trafficking children and then telling them how they could help abort the babies as necessary so that the children could continue to be trafficked. Let that sink in for a minute that that's what Planned Parenthood is. Anyway, that's why the left doesn't like O'Keefe because they went after his racist, genocidal foundation of Planned Parenthood. I mean, that, that's their bastion of keep the minority populations under control. That's what the left wants. That the left wants control over everybody, but they specifically targeted the minority community with Planned Parenthood. And there's a whole lot to go into there that I won't now. But anyway, all right. I hope we get it back. I think you're right that it's it's hard to know when we will, but I hope we do. Okay, are you ready for the best vote of the week we've had in a long time? I'm ready, man. Let's do that. I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. Ah. All right, our vote of the week every week is just somebody dumb that makes the news for, well, being dumb. And this week, it comes to us in the form of an Instagram influencer who brags about her easy life in Bali on Twitter and then gets deported over it. Travel influencer, Kristen Gray, which, by the way, by the way, must be a, a, a terrible failure at what she does because she's a travel influencer. And there's no mention in this article that I remember of people actually doing what she suggests they do, which means she's really bad at influencing She people. actually says in the article that she's a graphic designer by trade and that she's running her graphic design business yes, from, I guess, like a hotel suite in Bali or some such nonsense. And that's the rub. That's what gets her in trouble. Also, she's gay. Another thing that gets you in trouble in Indonesia because they're very anti, virulently anti-homosexual. Um, Although she claims it's a thriving gay community there. Yes, yes. 
We're going to read you the full story. Remember, by the way, when you're, uh, and, and I, I feel like, by the way, this is, what's it called? Where two roads meet, you know, there's like the intersection of, of everything ridiculous about social media these days. It's all fake. We know that, right? And then the fakeness meets with their, their cry for, for justice, their, um, fake, just disingenuous morals where it's a propped up reality. Yeah. I stand for this. I stand for that. Uh, Ben Shapiro made virtue signaling famous. You know, that's exactly what they're doing because these women don't care about the gay communities of the world. If they had principles, they would have never gone to Bali. They would have studied about anyone that's gay there other than themselves. Because yes. because here's what you'll see. You go follow any social media influencer, any big wig like uh, Casey Neistat is who comes to mind for me. And that dude goes to the UAE. Peter McKinnon does it all the time too. They go to the UAE and they work for these big organizations and they get these fat, fat paychecks. And then when pride month comes, boy, they pop out the rainbows and I love gay people and there's nothing wrong with being gay then why are you going to countries where they execute them? Where they tell you literally, we don't have that problem. Not a thing here. Because we kill them all. <laughs> like, who do, like, you, they're, you're so shallow. And I, and look, I like both those guys. I like both those guys. I don't mean they're shallow individuals. They seem like good people. But your depth of knowledge of the world seems so just terribly shallow that you really should you so really is should. It, is it naivete or is it? I yeah right. Yeah, are you purposefully turning that blind yeah. eye? Well, I uh, I'm oh, how much? Wait a minute, they're throwing who off of buildings? <laughs> yeah, maybe there's a little bit of that. It's just a crime in the UAE, uh, and I do think capital punishment is still on the books for being gay uh, in the Emirates. You can't enter if you're an Israeli-born Jew. So it's a racist country. It's a homophobic country by their standards. But these guys go there, and they, they take these great pictures and these cool places, and they act like it's just such a beautiful place, and everybody should appreciate it. And they come to America, and they're like, well, America, so backwards, so backwards. We, we have pride parades in the street. Which proves you're wrong, by the way. It proves you're wrong. The rarity, the exception does not prove the rule, right? The exception does not prove the rule. Anyway, we even right. let women drive cars here. I can't believe Think it. Think about that for a minute. My wife told me this year she was going to go vote, and I laughed, and I found out not a joke. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Travel influencer Kristen Gray spent 2020 in Bali and went viral for a Twitter thread encouraging others to move to the Indonesian island. Well, she's now being deported. 28-year-old self-described digital nomad and her girlfriend, Sandra Alexander, are, as of Wednesday morning, awaiting a flight back to the U.S. while in immigration detention. Gray's viral Twitter thread caught the attention of the local government in Bali, which claims she was carrying out business endeavors in Bali without having the correct visa to do so. Here's her thread. Moving out of America in my 20s has been a game changer. I've been living in Bali, Indonesia for over a year with my girlfriend. A thread. This island has been amazing because of our elevated lifestyle at a much lower cost of living. In your face, locals. Uh, I made that up. I was paying thirteen hundred for my LA studio. Now I have a treehouse for four hundred. December nineteenth on the left. January twenty twenty on the right. And she's got this, you know, picture of herself um, trying to look cool in a mirror uh, in LA, I guess. And then she's got this beautiful view in Bali. Being a digital nomad is everything. 
I was able to successfully transition my graphic design business on road. I work 100% for myself. In the beginning, it was challenging, but I've grown so much as an entrepreneur. When I think about it, it's super clear that the move was intuitive. Bali is where I was supposed to be through it all. There was an energy about the states that I had to take a break from. Bali was the perfect medicine. And then she goes on to say, you know, the pandemic hit and their six-month plan went out the window and they had to wait it out in Bali. Here's some major benefits of moving to Bali. Safety, low cost of living, luxury lifestyle, queer-friendly, black and Bali community. Then she shares this picture of her and a bunch of black people. And she says, there's a whole community of black folks on the island. This was taken after the murder of George Floyd. We met up to be in community and love on each other. Oh my goodness. It goes on and on. Um, and the story's up on our Facebook page. I think they have a white and Bali community. Um, I'm asking for a friend. No, no, no. But uh, my cousin's a part of the white in Kentucky community. I'll get you in touch. Hmm. Um, Indonesia... has restricted foreigners from coming to the country since January 1st to control the spread of COVID and public activities have been restricted on the island. Her tweets were considered to, quote, disseminate information disturbing to the public, which was the basis for her deportation, says uh, a guy whose name I can't pronounce, but he's the chief of the Bali Regional Office for the Ministry of Law and Human Rights. A statement from the office highlighted her description of Bali providing comfort for LGBT uh, and being easily accessible during the pandemic. It also referenced her tweets with a link to her ebook saying, quote, she stated that she could provide easy access to Bali through the recommended agency and offered the low living cost in Bali that is comfortable with LGBTQ friendly, said that same guy. Uh, Grace supposedly was offering an ebook costing 30 bucks. She's uh, she is suspected of carrying out business activities by selling ebooks, and she had a rate for consulting about Bali tourism. So they're all mad at her, uh, and they told her she has to get out. And now she says, I am not guilty. I have not overstayed my visa. I am not making money in Indonesia rupee. I put out a statement about LGBT, and I'm deported because of LGBT. I thought they were friendly. So she said... So who's the real liar? Mm. Maybe she should have just said, I was wrong. Bali hates the gays. And then everybody would like her. Like if that had been her statement, like if she would just That's true, take yeah. it on the chin a little bit and go, I was wrong. They're not, you know, homosexual friendly. I have to go somewhere else now. Do you think she like comes America? Back, do you think she comes back to the U.S. and like, she, so she decides to settle down, marry her girlfriend, wife that up? Yeah. And then they're like, all right, we got to settle down. So we're going to buy a house and they apply for a mortgage. And for jobs, she lists Indonesia influencer. <laughs> Digital nomad. Yeah. Do you think that'd go over well? I think so. Yeah. Recently deported. I think the underwriters are like that. I think so. You know, the thing about it is there's nothing extraordinary about being gay in America because we accept it. We are a welcoming and accepting society. But don't you think that's why she's posting what she's posting exactly. from Indonesia? That's it. That's exactly Because the there, there isn't a thriving gay community there. No. no. So she, you know, I almost, it almost feels like she was looking to be a victim. What? Yeah. Are you I serious? Know. I know. Yeah. I know. Hard pill to swallow. You're a terrible person. I'm an ambitious officer. One voter. Everybody knows the rules. I need to be a part of the 100 Club. 
Well, that's it for this week's edition of the Felt Recoil Podcast. That's number 132 in the books, Hulon. 132, man. It's like 10 years worth of episodes if we think about it. It feels like a milestone. Well, I don't know. I don't know of what, but you know, of podcasting. Maybe, maybe it's just because I can't count that high. I had lunch with my uncle this week. Make it real quick, and I mentioned on my podcast, and he goes, "Whoa, you got a podcast?" I said, it's "Not that big of a deal." <laughs> Drop it. We'll be back next week with another if you episode. Didn't know. Yep. <laughs> and let's just keep on living life like we were. Thanks for the love, Jerry. I threw my drink in his face. Keep up with us online at FeltRecoolShow.com. Come back in a week. We'll have new, fresh stuff to talk about. Maybe next week we do confectioner sugar. What exactly is that? It feels like a cloud. All right. We'll see you in seven days. <laughs>